So hello, everybody. Today, um, I've got the pleasure of um, and, and the honor to interview a distinguished gentleman called Gert Olives. Uh, Gert is a man on a massive mission, and I just had to interview him in readiness for Christmas because his message is about peace. Um, he is the leader of a world peace movement. Uh, he is the author of an incredible book, World Peace 2035, World Peace 2035, in which he describes how he came about um, this quest um, and in this massive mission. And then um, he also explains what are some of the challenges. But I thought, let's talk to him and see what he has to say. Um, and also, he has interviewed world leaders in his quest for world peace. Uh, Gert, you were born and raised in Brussels, but you've worked right. in corporate world in Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. So you're well-traveled. So you have seen the world. Well, I have seen parts of the world, yes. Um, of the world. Uh, and besides having lived in three different continents that you mentioned, I've also been to the North America quite a lot, especially the United States uh, during my uh, business career. So, and I'm married to a Brazilian lady, uh, so I know that uh, small country <laughs> rather well as, as well. Um, so, yes, I feel, um, and that's a very good point, uh, Peter, I, I feel like a world citizen, a, a global citizen. And to me, even though I'm from Belgium, a small country, um, and today is a very, very special day. Uh, as you may know, it's Remembrance Day, Armistice Day, um, 11th of the 11th, uh, um, the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. 101 years ago, the uh, World War I ended. And um, this is also a, a bit of an, an, um, an introduction to where does this quest come from? Um, mm -hmm. Because my grandfather survived 101 years ago. And um, that's why I'm sitting here. If he would not have survived, I wouldn't be here. And, um, you know, Belgium is a small country, but we have um, experienced two world wars in, uh, in uh, the last century, uh, in, in the 14 to 18, 1914, 18, which your country knows very well because you have lost a lot of uh, men uh, on our Flanders fields here. And I still visit the graves every year in, the, in the, the west of the country where the fighting took place. And so there is a, a deep connection, even though there is a, a, a long distance between us today, uh, there is a very profound connection to, um, to different parts of the world. Uh, young men uh, who came to fight uh, here um, in the middle of World War I. And, and so that's, uh, thank you for inviting me and for being able to speak on this very special day because it's very dear to my heart. Um, because of, you know, my grandfather was a special man. Um, I, he, he died when I was uh, less than six years, so uh, when I was five and a half approximately. But he left a very, very deep impression. And I have his uh, World War medals. And, and, I, and I grew up in Brussels, very near to the institutions of the European Union. So when you see the news, I don't know if you get that in Australia, but when there is another important meeting in Brussels of the European Commission, etc., you always see these images of, uh, of the center. And I grew up a few hundred meters from there. And so without you knowing it and realizing it, you kind of become um, inoculated with, um, uh, I would say, an idea and a concept and a project that to me is one of the most beautiful that has ever been achieved in the, in the history of humankind, and that's the European Union. And why is it so special? Because after 2,000 years of 
war uh, since Julius Caesar visited us uh, with the Romans about 2000 years ago. And ever after, there has been almost constant fighting in this part of the world. And uh, for some reason, after two horrible world wars with tremendous devastation and loss, we came to our senses in some way. And we have, uh, we, I mean the European uh, people have found another way. Uh, and so now for 75 years already, there, there has been, or almost 75 years, uh, there has been um, peace on the continent. And not just peace between two countries, but peace between 28 countries. Uh, who have wow. been in, in many cases very long-term enemies. Think of England and France and the Spain and Holland and then what was called the Holy German Empire, uh, Holy Roman Empire, sorry, which is coinciding a lot with, was, uh, with the territory that is today larger Germany and uh, Austria. And so it's, it's a tremendous achievement and I'm the first generation who has never known war. Um, so my father witnessed the Second World War. My grandfather was a soldier in the First World War. And here I am as the first representative uh, of a peaceful generation. And we have had a tremendous life. Peace offers the possibility for tremendous life. This has we been take coupled... it for granted, don't we? We take it for granted. Well, uh, yes, and that's one of the, the challenges that we are facing, I believe, is that in the West or in the rich part of the world, um, and if you take a map, you take all of uh, the European Union, but you also take Australia, New Zealand, you take Japan, Korea, Taiwan, you take China, you take, uh, you know, Singapore, all Southeast Asia, basically, you take large parts of parts of the world and there is peace. Uh, to varying degrees of success, uh, I would say, because peace in and by itself to me is um, the basis, the, f the foundation upon which you can build very prosperous societies. And I think that countries like Australia, New Zealand, the European Union, the Canada is very important country, uh, United States and so many others um, have also developed not just peace, but also um, have offered through their political system and their justice system, etc., uh, a quality of living and a standard of living that is that has never been surpassed uh, before in mankind. Um, we are richer than the richest people in the past, um, even the emperors and the kings, because if they got a bad infection, they died at the time. We don't. We have antibiotics. We have medical care. So we, we are the first generation in the world that is living an incredible life of opportunity. And we met uh, each other, Peter, in London. Uh, you were at the time also staying in Spain. Uh, you have just painted my, my, uh, um, my, my travels around the world. So this is because we have peace and because we have prosperity. And the problem for us is that we don't realize it. Uh, we don't realize we have this peace and we don't realize that the platform and the podium on which we live is actually the podium of peace. And yes. that is one of the big problems that I also see is that we are not aware of it and therefore we take it for granted. And it is very difficult to get the message of building peace globally uh, and, and therefore, you know, bring this fantastic achievement to all parts of the world um, as, a, as, a, as a very important mission. And I have been starting this uh, nonprofit organization two years ago, and we have focused so far on 
uh, bringing out the message into the world. And we have built up more than a million followers on Facebook, for instance. That's a first achievement, which is very big for a small uh, startup nonprofit. And we are in the top 10 of uh, NGOs, I believe, um, in the world. And, and most of the others are very, very well-known names uh, that have been active for, for decades. So that is, we have focused on that. Uh, I just got a message yesterday that uh, our posts last week reached 2.2 million people just in one week. Uh, so we are, we are becoming a bit more professional in how we are doing things and we are, we're getting more successful in spreading the message. But of course, that is, um, that is just the beginning of, of the, 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 the quest and the journey um, to this very big mission. But to me, it doesn't feel like it's such an incredible sized mission. To me, it feels like I've I've grown up in it all the time. You have grown. I love up your in confidence. It all the <laughs> well, I love it. <laughs> it's I, I I tell you why uh, I think it's um, it's we, we will have a choice. Uh, either we become peaceful, so that we can jointly become sustainable. Because uh, in my book, also I I uh, wrote a chapter on. Peace, world peace and sustainability to me are like Siamese twins. They are just connected to each other. And whereas Explain you have, how. How is that? Well, well, the opposite of sustainability is war. I, I, if you see images of today of Syria or Yemen or where there has been fighting and bombardments, or you take images from the First World War, a city here in Belgium, Ypres, Wipers in, in English, you will see the same images come back. This is utter devastation. This is the total opposite of, of um, living in a way that, that is sustainable for everyone. It is the, the destruction of everything and everyone. And therefore, war is the, the opposite pole of sustainability. It also, in the way it, it operates, even if it is not at war, the military industrial complex and the armies of the world are amongst the most polluting institutions in the world. And for instance, you know that the U.S. Army is exempted from all climate agreements and climate commitments that the United States, States makes. And this is not just the U.S. Army, it's every army. Just an example, uh, one fighter jet burns more fuel in one hour than you do in a, with your car in one year. Wow. So you can imagine all the fighter jets in the world flying around, uh, all doing all these missions. This is just one example. Huh? Mm -hmm. You have another one, for instance, the destruction of the oil wells. Maybe you remember in the Gulf War, yes. um, you know, and all these dark fumes for, for, you know, going into the sky. This is tremendously um, negative for the environment. Mm -hmm. And I believe that whereas, the, whereas on the one hand, you have uh, peace generating very, very little passion and, and uh, enthusiasm and action around the world. You have sustainability and climate change as a, I would say, as, an, as a very, very important and visible part of the non-sustainable way of our lives. This generates a lot of attention. And I hope that you guys down there in Sydney are not going to be really suffering too much from the fires that are now ravaging uh, New South Wales. Uh, yeah, because we, of, we, we do have a problem. Yeah. Yes, we you have, have a problem a, at the moment. Yeah. So I hope and, and, uh, people are not suffering too much. Yes. Mm. Well, and when you say we have a problem, it is true for you at the moment in New South Wales, but we, humanity, have a problem. And that problem is that our way of living, and that is especially true for the rich part of the world, and that is you and I. Mm. Um, it's 100% non-sustainable. And, and um, 
over the last two years in my way of thinking around peace and how are we going to get to peace and how can we motivate people? How can we get this idea out there? How can we tap into existing energies and, and enthusiasm? I think it is by uh, combining sustainability and peace, as I have written in my book already. And it's actually also very authentic for me because I'm a bioengineer. I'm actually a forest uh, engineer. And when I started to move, I felt my communication and my, my, my emotions, my discussions include more and more of the sustainability part. And then it dawned on me, it seriously dawned on me, Peter, only maybe a year ago or less that, oh yes, that's true. At 16, I, I chose to become a bioengineer because I love the environment. I love the planet. I love the forests and the waters mm -hmm. and, and, and uh, nature. And that has popped up next to peace to me as my mission. So the mission, and I, I have phrased it in a new way that, we have one challenge, humanity, we, you and I and everybody else on the planet, we have one challenge. It is to live peacefully and sustainably. Yeah. And everything we do should actually fit under that umbrella. And the sustainability part is really, really becoming true climate change, very visible and very tangible. But it is much bigger than climate. Climate is just a result. It's, it's a symptom. It's like when you're a doctor, it is the wound. Okay, but what is beneath the wound is, of course, the way we are living. And believe it or not, but you have met my daughter also, Peter, in, in London, and she was still studying. She finished her master's degree in oh, the meantime in, in marine conservation at the end of July. And one week later, she started working with me and for me on a sustainability part that we are uh, oh, starting. Yes, and it's called White, Green, Blue, Sustainable You. And uh, two of my sons in Canada, they're living in Canada with their mother and, um, and then their best friend, they are working on developing an app, an app that will allow anyone to immediately offset or compensate their CO2. Uh, I wanted to do this and I, di I didn't find the tool very easily on the internet. I, I did it actually just before I came to London in July. Huh? And I thought, wow, this is strange. I thought I would very quickly be able to offset my CO2 and my, my, my way of living. And I couldn't. And I said, yeah. well, if I have this need together with myself, lots of people will have this need. And so we will launch this, the first, uh, I would say the, f the basic version of this um, app in, yeah. ge in, gen in January. And we will come out with it. Um, I, Lila is now busy with developing the website and the Facebook uh, page, etc. That's brilliant. Um, but we want to we wanna team up. This is, this is an important sign. And as you saw on the subtitle of my book, uh, World Peace 2035, let's do it together. Yeah? we will have to work together and we will have to cross different domains. We will not just have to work in silos, which we do very often. We are each in our own silos and we will have to reach out and connect with many others. I so have, that's, um, that's something I, I want to I explore a little bit more about you because, you know, all throughout history, man has, you know, man, people have, right. not just men, but people have been willing to kill other people that are different from right. them to kill other people that think different from them, that have a different ideology, even if they are the same as them, except for the ideology. It's like there's an innate human need um, sitting right next to our beauty, sitting right next to our love, our kindness, our, our, our capacity for right. the sublime, the spiritual, the good. There's right. also sitting right next to it, this capacity for destruction, for right. ugliness, for evil, for 
um, for, for, for this for, for war. Um, right. but, but you're saying now, I mean, in your book, 2035, which we, we haven't explained how 20, what 2035 means, and I'm we'll sure you will, you will yeah, say, yeah. say that in a minute. Um, why now? Why now? What makes you think that we can do it now? Well, first of all, to me, and I explain it in the book also, but to me, uh, through the, e the EU and the European Union, we have proven that it can be done. And, right. uh, you know, we are in the middle of a name you, you, everybody has heard in the world. It's called Brexit, right? Yes. It's ugly. It's messy. It's chaotic. It's totally, I think it's a fundamental mistake, a strategic yes. mistake. It's, it's fear okay. uh, or having uh, the, 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 the upper hand uh, compared to believe in the future. It is older people denying the young people the future they want because that's what the vote was about. Mm -hmm. uh, the older people voting uh, for Brexit while the, the young people massively voted against Brexit. But let's not forget that despite the tremendously economic impacts and the, the, the fundamental nature of this process, it is completely, utterly peaceful. And so here you sure. would have a, a process that uh, 150 years ago would have led to m massive scale war, I'm mm -hmm. convinced. Yet today it leads to a political process which is chaotic and ugly to look at and it, it, it never ends and, and everything you want, but there has not been one drop of blood spilled for it or in the which name of great. it. Which is which great. Which is fantastic. It? And fantastic, even people, yeah. people don't realize this. But when I look at the process, I really dislike it, but I love it because of its peacefulness. Not the verbal peace, I mean, because peace has many dimensions, but the physical, violent uh, form of uh, non-peace has not been expressed and it is not even part of the thinking there is nobody in the process on on whatever side that has ever had the thought of let's go and uh, and fight this out it's just not part of the 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 the, the, the real the realm of thinking and feeling and this this is to me an answer to your question uh, peter we are proving that it is possible not on a small scale but on a very large scale the european union has 520 or about 520 billion people, a million, I'm sorry, half a billion people. That's not just peanuts, that's the, you know, a very uh, large uh, population. And so peace, when you have the right institutions and the right processes, then you, you allow the devil, uh, the, 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 this monster inside of us, this, this very ugly side, the dark side of human nature, to be canalized or channeled in a certain way, that it doesn't um, go down all the slippery slope towards this, uh, you know, ex uh, violence and the use of violence. And th this is what we want to achieve. It is to eliminate warfare as a means of solving large-scale conflicts within countries or between countries. So, so we are how not do talking. We, how do we do that? Well, that's first of all, I think, and that's a big problem. Peace is not an objective. It is not an objective of any organization in the world. It is not out there as a goal for us to achieve. And said so that's the first thing we wanted to do with World Peace 2035 is we wanted to make it first of all a goal. And then secondly, and you know from the business world also, Peter, that if you want to achieve a goal, you have to also make it a smart goal or a smart objective. So yeah. you have to respect the T from smart, which means mm -hmm. it has to be a time-bound objective. So if you don't give peace a time frame, to strive for, 
you will in a hundred years still say, and all of us will say, wow, how beautiful it would be if we would know peace all over the world. So I looked upon it from my perspective as a Belgian citizen, having known two world wars, my grandfather, my father, and I looked at myself and then I saw the, how fortunate I have been. And I, I combined it with my love for the planet, for humanity. And I said, I have had such privileged life. I've had such opportunities. And I had a conversation with myself. Uh, will I call him? If you, if you YouTube, if you look at my name in, on YouTube, you will see my, I gave two TED talks on the subject of peace and world peace. You will see that I, I talk about the man in the mirror in my case, or the person in the mirror <clears throat> in general. And that person in the mirror asked me a very penetrating, he asked me four questions actually. But the first one was, what are you doing about it? Yeah, good question. Doing yeah. about it, not moaning about it, not complaining about it, not saying how beautiful it would be. Well, what are you doing about it so that you become part of the solution and don't remain part of the problem? So that was a very confrontational time for me. And, and that kind of kicked me into gear. And that's why I started writing my book as, a, as an intellectual exercise for myself. I have been reading and, uh, about war and, and peace. And I've been visiting my, my, my uh, west side of the country where all the graves are and the, the ex-battlefields and all that. So I've been growing up with this uh, <clears throat> acute awareness of what war can be. I heard the stories of my father, my grandfather, and all that. So it's not very far in the past, you know. And that inoculated me, and then that all came to the surface about five years ago. <clears throat> and that's why I told myself I was 55 at the time. And I said, I have a good chance of becoming 75. So I give myself 20, a 20 year project. And I commit to do whatever I can to achieve world peace by 2035 because that's a time frame that is still part statistically speaking going to be part of my timeline <clears throat> so i cannot push it to the next generation i own it i take ownership for it i take responsibility for it it is i feel responsibility to the next generations to make sure that do, they do not only have uh, tablets and smartphones and, and, and a lot of luxury in their lives, but that their, my, my four children, that they can say that their father really made a, a big effort to also give peace and sustainability to them. And I think this is an obligation that we all have towards our children and our grandchildren is to hand them over a peaceful world and a sustainable world. They need this as, at least as much as our love and affection and all the upbringing and the education uh, that, that, uh, that they get today in the rich world, but they need this other side also. And, this and, and is, how do we touch the hearts of people? Because this is a hard issue, isn't it? How do we touch the heart of people? So they love um, getting together and respect and kindness and courtesy and um, all those beautiful qualities rather than war and killing and, and the, the, the pushing of my opinion over other people, and, right. which is sometimes part of the problem. And this brings me, uh, Peter, to a very important uh, second part of uh, peace. It's the internal peace. So uh, we have talked so far about external peace. And, and we have. 
and I need to be very honest, when I started it, I was only thinking about internal peace, uh, external peace, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So the, 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 the geopolitical, political process about, you know, the building the structures and the organizations that, that uh, help humanity to deal with conflict in a non-violent way, which we do in the, in the EU, for instance, but which we do in, in many other, and when you, mm -hmm. you talk to New Zealand and you have a conflict, you're not going to go to war over it. You're going to solve it in another uh, peaceful manner. But you say, of course, did, do you, did you know this, Peter? You said, of course, this yeah. was not, this was <laughs> not, not so, so evident, <laughs> uh, not so long ago. This would, yeah. you know, so we are making progress, but I think then to touch the hearts, we touch on the inner peace. And, and this has been um, most of my work, actually, <clears throat> since I started and very quickly. I have been working on myself for a long time, eh, about 20 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then I started, uh, especially, the, I would say, towards the end of the first year, uh, about a year ago, I started uh, my, the advisory board of the, of the nonprofit pushed me in, in, in a very positive direction. They really helped me to get on the right track. And they, they asked me, Gert, what do you want to achieve with this uh, nonprofit? What, what, what is the unique value proposition? One of my good friends and, and, and a member of the advisory board asked me, how do you want to be unique? Or do you want to become one more NGO like there are already hundreds and thousands? Yeah. Also working on peace. There are many, many organizations working on peace. And the, the, it was actually in the subtitle of my book, Let's Do It Together. So the mission we have defined for, defined for world peace is to bring together. It is to connect. It is to facilitate. It is to coordinate. And, and it is to be a catalyst. And, and it all boils down to togetherness, to touching, helping each other connect on a, on a heart level, on, on, a, on, a, on a level of being of the positive side of human nature. And you can only do that if you have, first of all, peace with yourself. Because mm -hmm. if you don't have peace with yourself, how can you possibly have peace with another exactly. person? And then I think another key word uh, in, in, in the process is uh, connection. Mm -hmm. I told you that I'm, I feel very strongly connected to nature and I, I, even on, in, on a spiritual level, I, I, I feel a world citizen. And to me, my home is the planet. It is also very clear and easy to understand. It is not a fictional line on a, on a landscape because the border between the US and Canada, it, it is just on a map. If you drive there and there are border posts, but if you go in the middle of a forest, there is no line to see. It's, it's, it's just the human construction. Huh? But the mm. planet is a very finite kind of a, a, a ball in space. And to me, that is... I've, I was, you know, my parents are from the same small village in Belgium. They grew up in a tiny village. And then uh, I grew up in Brussels and I've been able to explore the world. And around the family table, besides my parents, you have my brother who has also been traveling a lot. My wife is uh, of Brazilian origin. My kids were all born in Hong Kong. There are uh, two uh, three of them are living in Canada. Um, my daughter is now living again with me in Belgium. Um, but then we had, you know, we are, um, my, my sister-in-law, my, my wife's brother is of African origin. Two of my nieces are yeah. half European, half African. We have the world around our little family table. And this is what's <laughs> happening. It, it, we do, really. Yeah. And this is what's happening in the world, Peter, at, uh, on a small scale. But it has not, uh, I would say, moved up into the spirits of our current generation of leaders. We currently have a very ugly generation of leaders. Ugly in the sense of very narrow-minded, 
without a clear vision that goes beyond the me, that goes beyond the, the, the borders of their own constituencies. They, they know, uh, Trump, Trump verbalizes it in the most clear way, but he's not the only one acting in this way. He says, America first. As if America can flourish if the planet doesn't flourish. It doesn't flourish if the planet doesn't flourish. So I, th I believe that we have to get rid of, and time will do that work for us, of this ugly generation of leaders who are not able to surpass this narrow-mindedness. I call it dinosaur thinking. It is bygone. They should be wiped out uh, by, by, uh, by life, I would say, because they are harming uh, all of us and they're harming the planet by their, I would say, the thinking that is not evolving with what's happening in, in life. Like my family, I just showed you, this is an example. If you are connected to other people and to nature and the planet, when you hurt other people, you hurt yourself. Agreed. I, and so I saw a very uh, interesting sentence that altruism, so doing good for the other, is actually equal to egoism if you understand that you are connected to all the others. Because if you do something good for the others, you do it for yourself. And that's a, and that's this, a beautiful belief, you know, and I think that that would cause a lot of uh, goodness to come forth. And my, well, my, I, my issue here, and I'm playing devil's advocate because um, I, I do know, because I've traveled the world as well, I, and I've seen beautiful people, by the way, there are beautiful hearted people everywhere I go. That's right. I have no doubt of that. But right. right next to those beautiful people, there are people also that they're very much for themselves. Um, or they have ideologies or they have beliefs or they have religions that are all about this is the right way of thinking. And if right. you don't think like I do, you shouldn't be alive. And, and this is kind of, <laughs> kind of a, the basis of a war is that, isn't it? You're not my brother, you're an other. And, um, and if you're another, anything goes. Um, well, and, and I wish we had come a long way. And I think in the West, we have come a long way. Although there are some movements at the moment that, that do right. worry me. Some people are not respecting other people with different opinions. And that is an issue. Um, yes. But what are your thoughts around that? Because I'm sure well, you've uh, thought about this. You have to. You have of, to. Have yeah, of, of course. Um, but I, I, I go back to um, being a privileged person because I grew up in an environment, being the European Union, where mm -hmm. we see constantly how uh, 28 countries with different opinions, with different religions, with different mm -hmm. ideologies are so far living in peace and have been living in peace for 75 years now. And yes, there are tendencies that are very worrying, but I think they are um, rooted in a very big important concept uh, that is uh, bringing up often the ugly side of, of, of human beings and that is fear. And I, what has really pushed the populism and the right or the extremes of the political spectrum in recent years in the European Union also is the, the problem of migration or the problem of, of, of immigrants exacerbated, of course, by this extremely ugly reality of uh, fundament, uh, Islamic fundamentalism. Um, I would say through Al-Qaeda, but m much more through IS, uh, ES mm -hmm. uh, which obviously was the ugliest of the ugly. And they very strongly, through very savvy use of social media, 
promoted this idea of you are not a Muslim and you do, even within Islam you don't think like our version of Islam and we kill you and we have the and we have the right based on a book written 1400 years ago we have the right to kill us oh my interpretation of this book make gives me the right to to kill you and and they mm -hmm. did I mean I remember they they just uh, cut the throat of one Christian old priest in in a church because two young uh, uh, terrorists uh, you know young people thinking that they own this god-given right to yeah. uh, to to kill this uh, this monster of a christian man um, but it has also been the other way around in in in, in history and so there as i write in my book yeah. also it's we it were that, those people we were those people yeah yeah we like were our those ancestors people. yeah but they were willing to kill other people that were not in the same religion uh, you know Definitely, yeah. and 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 so I, I I wrote this chapter on this book on this in my book also, and it was a chapter I wrote maybe ten times or re rewrote because it was of such as um, at the mm. time when I wrote it it was 2016, and then we were in a full uh, swing in in ISIS and and you know, so it was delicate and I didn't want to come across as a as a Westerner of Christian origin who who thinks he he can blame the Muslims and all that. I'm not blaming the Muslims at all, I'm just saying that at this particular time in history it is this very fundamental uh, nature of uh, or version of islam that that uh, vi lives the what you just explained you don't mm. think like me so i have the right because of a relig religious document and a doctrine to cut your throat this mm. is to me is of, of an unbelievable uh, unbelievable ugliness and horrible it's horrible and it's everywhere on the social media it's everywhere in the news so it is an idea that has been promulgating and what is uh, uh, I would say a subsequent problem is that because it is in the media so much and, and not only that but because the media in general is 80-90% negative and the news is always it has to bleed or it doesn't lead uh, the, the, what we get to see through the media every single day is most of it is negative mm -hmm. what it doesn't do is it shows to the people of the world all the good that is happening you just say i met some beautiful people there Absolutely. are there are many more good people than bad people the problem is that the bad people usually are um, making more noise you uh, use the system more successfully and that the media which is a very powerful player in in the whole uh, in whole all of human society is just permeating and and promoting um, the ugly side of, of uh, what is happening in the world. So we, we are get, getting a lot more negative uh, input than positive. And it's very hard, uh, even for a person like myself who is reading a lot and is a lot, uh, in, I have a lot of interest in international geopolitical news and in, in, in news in general, it's very difficult to hear something positive. And you need to work on yourself and you need to kind of brush it off, take a, 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 a kind of a shower to brush off this yeah, negative do, yeah. input. Yeah. And, and most people don't do it. Most people don't make this effort and therefore they're stuck with this idea about, uh, first of all, it's not possible to have peace or to go to get along in a peaceful manner with each other. I'm fortunate that I live in a part of the world where we are and where we are yeah, Australia. You are doing it amongst Australians, but of course, it's a huge country. But we, we are having 28 countries here, 28 different uh, nationalities, very different cultures, different religions. We have Islam, we have, we have Judaism, we have uh, Christianity, we have also, of course, Hinduism in small amounts and, and other religions. But the, the big ones are definitely here. 
and this and there are sometimes disturbances uh, and and you know flare-ups usually by extreme people who do not accept another person having another opinion be it religious or otherwise it's i i think it's going to be uh, a long time before you have um eliminated that that element of of human nature um we need to put what we have achieved in the european union um we are not better than anybody else and this is this is my fundamental um belief what we have achieved can be achieved anywhere if we could do it we who have known so much war and who have we caused have, yes. so much trouble we have caused mm. the world to suffer from europe mm -hmm. Yeah. We have also had our colonialism. We have our, you know, uh, um, the last 500 years, Europe uh, through its uh, uh, exploration uh, mm -hmm. travels, and uh, we have colonized a lot. Uh, the Spaniards, the British, the Dutch, the French, the Germans. Um, you know, we have colonized big, big parts of the world. And then there was the independence struggle, etc. But now here we have come to our senses, I would say, and we are showing the world that it can be done. It That's can be beautiful. done. So what's the plan? Do we have a plan? Good. Well, that and that's a very good point. And that's, that has been my my um, my sore point. When I started it, I I was feeling um, that you need you need to start with an objective, and you need to make it a smart objective. So you need to give it a timeline. That's sure. the first thing, and you need to kind of get the message out. So we've got twenty thirty five. We're getting yeah. the message out. Right. And, and, and now, so uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to talk about this as well, because it, it is a difficult point. Uh, and to me, it was always from the beginning, I don't have the wisdom uh, and I don't claim to have the, have the wisdom nor the knowledge to myself say, this is how we're going to do it. I would, I would think of myself as being extremely arrogant, huh? that mm -hmm. something that has been so elusive and as you call it, a big quest, massive quest, that I would feel I'm the guy who knows it because I don't. But what I do know is but we do that need some leadership. Yeah. Uh, yes. You, yeah. Yes. Yes. So, you're so right. It may, not, it may not be you. We're not going to put all our fingers on good. That would not be fair. But you're leading a movement and maybe right. what your gift is to the world is to help us communicate with each other. Well, and, and that brings me to, because I'm also a man of action and I, I've, I've had a corporate career and I am very grateful for it because I do believe that uh, corporate life is, is going to be an important part of uh, the success, also of uh, creating peace. Um, but the plan is that we wanted to get that message out. I think we have achieved it now. We need to now make the next step. So... I have spoken to high-level politicians. I, I'm fortunate enough in Belgium, they are very, um, you can easily get in touch with them. We have, we have um, Herman van Rompuy, who was the first uh, president of the European Council. So it's kind of a president of the, uh, the colleague of, uh, of uh, the, the predecessor of Tusk and the colleague of Junkers. Uh, and I spoke to him when I had finished my manuscript of the book and I said, uh, I had asked, I sent him a mail and I said, look, I'm, I'm writing this book. I would like to talk to you about it. Would you be available for a, a discussion? And he says, yes, for sure. So we talked. And then I asked him also, you, you know, you have a lot of experience and I asked him, how would you go about it? Good question. Yes, I thought so too. And he said, I don't have a clue. Bad answer. <laughs> 
No, not a bad answer. <laughs> but it is a, a good very, answer. <laughs> a very honest answer. A very it's a honest disappointing answer. answer, but it's a good answer. Yeah. It's a true answer. And, and it, it made me, as we say in my own, uh, my own language, uh, it made me swallow deeply and thought, because I thought like, whoa, if people who are active, who have been active on such high level, because these are world leaders. These are not uh, local politicians. No, they are not, world yes. leaders. They have been leading the EU. They have been leading 500 million people. And they're on the same level as, even though you don't hear them so much, you don't see them so much, but at the same level as a, as a Trump or, or, or a Putin mm. and so. Then, first of all, it illustrates what I've been saying. It is not in an objective. And if it is not an objective, you don't think about how can we get there. So they don't have an answer to it. I asked it to several other people. Um, one of the, the person who wrote a foreword in my book is the ex-prime minister of Belgium. He was also a foreign minister, a minister of foreign affairs. He's 86 years old now, and he's a very, very uh, intelligent and erudite person. He was a professor in economy, and it was such a pleasure to, uh, to speak with him several times. But even to that question, he didn't have a clear answer. He didn't have like a clear path that would help me say, okay, we're going to do this, this, this. So yeah. I have come to the conclusion that the next advisory board, which is on the 9th of December, we are going to have two topics on the agenda. And the first one is exactly this. I'm going to ask one more time, how can we put at least or create a pathway to peace by 2035? What are the steps that we need to take? And I have already in my mind... I worked a lot around the translation of this idea into steps that people can understand. So it is a staircase. At the top of the staircase, you have world peace 2035. But we need to take the small steps that will step by step lead us to the top of the staircase. So, so at least we have a step you're going to be asking. Well, it's not, it's much more than that. So I, 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 I think it is necessary that there is what I would call a task force. Yes. People like myself around the table who are motivated, who, f and this is maybe fundamental, who feel it within themselves as being their mission mm -hmm. or their purpose. Because for me, it has become my purpose. It's the reason why I'm here. Okay. And I want to give it everything I have so that I can do, or that I can look myself in the mirror in 2035 and ask myself, did you do what you could? Yes. This is to me a very important question. And uh, I asked myself that question in, 20, in, in five years ago yeah. um, when I asked myself, can you live with yourself in 2035 if you do not act now in 2015? And you know, that you, you know that you could have acted, you know that you should have acted, but you did not because you were afraid, because you were more comfortable in your comfort zone or in your shadow, or, and you, you, you must move out of the shadow into the light. There is no other way. So it has been um, an, an, um, an, uh, yeah, labor, uh, work, um, a lot of effort mentally, but also physically, emotionally. And so after two years, we have done some, some things we have done very well, but now we need to step up to the next step, which is then bringing together a core team of people. I don't know yet who they are, but I'm going to ask my advisory uh, board, help me with bringing those people together. And there is a second point that is very important, that this is very embryonic, but it is, very, it is new, but it is also one of my friends who is on the, on the advisory board. He is a very system thinker. 
very, very uh, intelligent man who has also been working with governments around the world, helping them to, for instance, in Burundi or in uh, Ivory Coast to uh, reconcile uh, populations that have been at war with each other. And so he has been participating in very, very difficult, intractable problems. And he, he, launched, uh, he launched the idea of, and he's also a bioengineer, uh, bioengineer like me, and maybe it's not a coincidence that we came, <laughs> we came with, I was struggling, I was not struggling, but I was having the idea about building a global alliance for world peace. And I good. stepped, well, I, I, I talked about it to different uh, NGOs with peace, uh, involved in peace, and I sensed a lot of resistance. Be it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Resistance to, oh, I'm a kind of an outsider, you know. Why, mm -hmm. why are you going to put your nose into this and, and who, what gives you the right or what gives you the blah, blah, blah. So I sensed a, a lot of um, kind of pessimism. People within the peace community who told me, yeah, but should we not take on a small project first because this is so big? And I thought, wow if you are working on peace and you don't believe that world peace is possible, what are you doing? <laughs> That's you know? true. Well, no, but this is what I sensed. Yes, and, it and, is, yeah. and it is, it has to do with the human uh, territorial, you know, it's like they all mm -hmm. fight for their, for their subsidies and for their money. And they see a new organization as a threat because you just mm -hmm. split up the pie a little bit more into more parties. Mm -hmm. I don't yes. have any, I don't have any intention of uh, uh, applying for subsidies or whatever. We're going to finance ourselves in different ways. But then I came to the word ecosystem. And so this is very, this is maybe you can take this for your, your program, uh, Peter. We have just launched the GPS ecosystem. GPS the ID, ecosystem. Yes. And it's called the Global Peace and Sustainability Ecosystem. And this is a part of the answer to you. I think that society and human human uh, civilization is very very rich and you cannot have a top-down another top-down kind of traditional way of looking at things you have to to look at it in a in an innovative way in a way that that has not been tested yet and that allows a lot of freedom of people everywhere in the world to, to do what they feel is right for their neck of the woods in their community, be it very local, be it national, be it a cultural project that brings together people, be it a political project, be it an ecological project, be it an economic project. We, we, it's not because you work on peace that you have to lock yourself up in a very narrow tube and only work on this because society is built up in a very complex manner. And so we are going to start GPS ecosystem. Um, I cannot give you more meat on the bone today because we're in the intellectual work and I have mm -hmm. a meeting with uh, my good friend on the 20th of November. So that's in about nine days. And we are gonna work exactly ar around this. It's about- um, Fantastic. How are we gonna build this ecosystem? Because an ecosystem is about, uh, think about nature. It's about mm. interaction to the mutual benefit of people of, of the, mm. the organisms involved but it is also giving them a lot of freedom and my friend uses the image of a shopping mall shopping mall is an ecosystem and you bring together all these different shops that have their own business they have their own independent action plan but they are gathering together geographically in a certain spot they're exchanging because they interact with each other and we want to create that kind of structure uh, where right. you bring together, which is the mission of world peace, is to bring together, to facilitate, to coordinate, to connect. 
and we yeah. give it now more a more finite structure in the shape of an, uh, a GPS ecosystem. And yeah. so we're going to build on all the necessary, uh, and we're going to merge that with the world peace. So it, it, it absorbs world peace 2035. World peace 2035 is going to be a founding partner or founding member of this, um, but it is only going to be one small member. There's going to be hundreds and uh, hopefully thousands and uh, many thousands in the future who each in their part of the world will do for their society what is uh, good, but we will create a forum, a marketplace, a location where they all come together so that we can learn from each other, that we can promote, uh, that we can give visibility to what is the good that is happening. And, and so that's that is, uh, you know, what you are doing also, Peter, uh, on, on, on mental wealth, uh, mental health, very important. That would be a perfect uh, part of, of an ecosystem, you know. It has and, to be a part of it. You know, it has to it, be it, a part it, of it. It has to be a part of yeah. it. But the fact that we came up now with the, the term ecosystem pulls it open to actually and makes it, it very, very multidimensional. Mm. And it makes it maybe more, we can maybe reach the heart of the people by touching them on something that is very important to them. It can be the well-being of dogs or cats, well-being mm. of handicapped children or whatever it is. It can be the well-being, the mental well-being of people. It can be ecological, whatever. But that there is a, we are all in this together. We are all part of one, one big ecosystem. And so our current political system doesn't work the way it ought to work. Our, cultural, uh, our multilateral system doesn't work as well as it ought to work. So let's, from the bottom up, create an ecosystem. Yeah, it's a it, beautiful let mission. Let's do that. Let's do that. How can we support you? How can we support you? Well, for the, for the moment, I would say I need, uh, we, we need internally to do uh, some more work in the coming one to two months. We need to build a little bit more structure, organization in it. And then I will, of course, through you, uh, uh, contact you. I will invite you uh, to become part of the ecosystem. Before, when I was talking about peace, um, from my perspective, the geopolitical, external peace, uh, that was much more narrow. But when I talk about an ecosystem that includes peace and sustainability, which is very broad, sustainability mm -hmm. is very broad, but they are the, the I go back to the, the fundamental mission of mankind to create or to live in peace and in a sustainable way. This is GPS, okay? Mm -hmm. And so I will come to you and then through you, you can of course do your, uh, your mission and work on your mission and hopefully you are willing then to become part of the ecosystem that has as a goal to create a planet where uh, peace and sustainability will be daily reality for all of that us. That would be beautiful. And I think one of the things that we need to do is help help to put the message out there to as many people as possible, make those right. 1 million followers into 250 million, and then right. um, that would will provide muscle to, to the movement. Correct. Uh, I mean, and a million is a beautiful, great right. achievement. Don't get right. me wrong, but let's let's drive this movement. And I love your quote in the beginning of your book, our lives begin to end the day that we become silent about the things that matter. So let right. us never become silent. This is too important. No. There's too much it's suffering too. in the world. So um, thank you very much. This was an amazing introduction. And I'm sure people must have been hanging to your every word because uh, yeah, we, I think we all want peace. I mean, 
there's you look there's always a percentage of the population that don't <laughs> they're, they're too damaged but they're the minuscule small, we cannot concentrate. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's why we have police you know <laughs> but yeah. uh you know overall people we want peace we want to be able to get along so but, if we if we achieve a little bit around that i think we can do a lot of good right mm. and well it would be very kind if you could maybe uh, refer in your communication to our uh, facebook page which is just the name world peace 2035 you, you come to us then we can grow the community and um, you know from Absolutely. there we will we will move into gps uh, very soon yes. and then you become part of uh, of the the ecosystem um, yeah. that is so if, if you send me the links all your links uh, in an uh, email i will make sure that they're all in okay. in the youtube description because this is going to be in youtube available right. for everybody we'll put it there and then we okay. will also include that in the magazine article so people can go okay. and join and will uh, we will we will do a good uh, promotion of this Thank which you is very important much. It, it is an important quest and um and look uh, I, I i i completely understand the world leaders answer i have no idea how this is going to happen but God, do I, I wish it happens, you know, I, I want it. And I wanted to turn it into a goal. I don't want it to stay as a wish. I want a time frame. Um, yeah. I want a plan. So right. yes, whichever way we can help. And by the way, you say that you're going to be self-funding this. Um, how are you going to be doing that? Well, I've been, of course, funding it myself. This has all been personal money. So of course it becomes over the period of two years uh, because uh, I have two people in Brazil that I, I pay half time to do the social mm -hmm. media communication, you know, websites, uh, also uh, Facebook ads and all that. It all costs money. Huh? Mm -hmm. So um, we are with the white, green, blue that I talked about uh, very briefly in the beginning. That's an, a full profit activity, a social for profit. But we have we will dedicate three percent of um, whatever uh, income we generate that will be um, given to world peace. Um, okay. So we will not we don't have a goal to build a big team or whatever. We want to build an ecosystem, but an ecosystem that is maintaining itself. Uh, we don't want to be building like so many NGOs uh, overhead that costs a lot of money and all that. We want to be uh, minimal, but work in a different way so that we, you know, every person can uh, be part of an ecosystem, can do whatever he or she would like to do, uh, you know, live his or her purpose. And by so that, being part of a... So you don't have a donation button or yes, a donation we have, stream? Uh, yeah, we have donation button, um, but to be very honest, the the subject of peace is the least funded in the world. I mean, of all the SDG, um, you know the. Yeah. So I, it's, it's, I'm thinking about individuals that are interested in donating, right. or organizations, or companies. I, I would like to know that link as well, so we can also promote that. Yeah, it's it's First, on the. Um, it yeah, takes money. Will, it takes money, and it's um, it takes yeah, it takes money. All of our responsibility. So I want to all be right. able to to put that on there. Good. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank I, you, Peter. I, I really appreciate giving me the opportunity to connect with your audience uh, through your program, and uh, it's it's. I appreciate it uh, that you uh, you followed up on uh, on uh, our meeting in London, and yes. uh, it, it also shows uh, you know who you are and that you are uh, already part of the ecosystem. So it had uh, to happen. It had to happen, right. and I'm glad okay. that it did. So thank you very much, and thank you in in the name of mankind. <laughs> thank you. For your goal of 2035, World Peace 2035. So Thank have you, a good Peter. evening. Yeah, have a bye good bye. evening. Bye-bye.